0: Shut up, and sit down. Minor illnesses like colds are a right pain in the backside.
1: We'll pretend we motorcycle riders in some kind
2: of race. We'll make motorcycles
1: listening to The Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grant, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Deren. I need to renegotiate my contract so I can get a cut of that sponsorship chatter.
0: It can be very easy to go in feet first after an illness. After all, you've really missed your bike and you're mentally eager and fresh to get stuck in again. We can take-
3: the best excuse to be a bad member of society and get sympathy for it any other time if you were to sleep in till 12 and then stay in bed all day on the computer people would just think you're really lazy and have no motivation but if you just say oh I was sick all of a sudden oh you poor thing get better soon can I get you anything oh you're such a trooper hi welcome back to the dial podcast this is a sick Jake Von Dering here with Mr. Lance Epler <laughs> Lance
2: Romance feeling fantastic stay away from me Jake I'm
0: breathing all over you buddy no <laughs> Not in the lab, as a result. <laughs> uh, to his left, we have Evan Price. How's it going, folks? And what's that? We, we got coffee. We got a lot of drinks, actually, here. There are right a few now,
3: drinks now. on this table right now.
2: I've got LaCroix. I'm double fisting LaCroix and uh, Simply Truth uh, seltzer water. The Price. organic type.
0: <laughs> Which I don't know. How can that be organic? I don't know.
2: Don't ask
0: questions. I, I want to ask that question. <laughs> Kroger, please explain how this they is use organic. They
2: organic blueberries.
3: Uh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that one. And with us, coming to us over the interwebs, Mr. Matt LeGrand.
4: What's up, guys? I am still not able to drive, which means it'll be a while before I am live with the whole studio crew. I can come pick you up. <laughs> you're yeah, at we can do a,
0: that. You're we'll at least in up. a boot now. That's the
3: good news. Did you put a motor I'm in on a that boot. scooter yet?
4: Put a lot of miles on the scooter. That's my whole backpedal, man. I should go first on my backpedal. <laughs>
3: uh, on that note, then go. Backpedal for us, yeah. Matt.
4: Put a lot of miles on the scooter. A lot of miles. Uh, you know, got testing a lot of bike computers on the scooter. Testing a lot of bike lights and things like that. And uh, and no swimming, no biking, really no running. So uh, backpedal can be pretty fast.
3: Scooter tastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Are you sleeping good at least? Matt? I, did, I
4: did get the I did get the cast off and put a boot on, so making progress. That's
3: good. That is good. Cool. Mr. Hepler. Yes. You have a bike race coming
2: up this week? Oh, right? there is a bike race coming up that but I have zero expectations <laughs> for.
0: Wait, is that this weekend or next? Isn't there a, the gore- there's the two gorge- gravel races next weekend, right?
2: There is, but this weekend there is the Gorge Gravel Grinder. Oh, road. gotcha. Yeah. 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 Is hills. that
0: part of the series, the Five Race Series, the Gorge Gravel Grinder?
2: Uh, it is. Okay. Yeah, they they have a It's a four-race series, I believe. Or maybe it's five if they I added. was just
0: talking with the guy van today about I think it's five. Yeah, they might have,
2: they maybe added that other Ochoco one near the end. But okay. yeah, the Gorge Gravel Race is coming up this weekend, so I have been not training for that. That's good.
3: That, <laughs> that, that's a good way to go into a gravel race, is non specifically. <laughs> no races this past weekend, so what's no. been up to?
2: Uh, you know, um, we've been having second winter here in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Is second that's winter terrible. or third winter? <laughs> this is
0: sucked. I <laughs> do It's a
3: world it's, of suck here.
2: It's yeah. been it's been weird. You know. Um, Spending a couple weeks in Arizona was very bad for my psyche (laughs) because it was so fantastic there. And then I come back here, and I guess this is happening pretty much across the whole nation, except in the south or in the southwest, everywhere else has been kind of <laughs> yeah. sucky weather. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've actually been Zwifting a bit here and there and um, doing some workouts there. I've gotten out a couple of times and ridden my gravel bike and ridden my road bike mm-hmm. a couple of times, but it has, um, um, the weather just like torpedoed my motivation.
0: A it's also bit. been very yeah. windy with it's one thing when it's just like raining, it's like, okay, cool, just 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 go. It's raining. But like there's like hail and wind it's, and it
3: is yeah. It's not our normal winter. Our normal winters are just cold and you know what you're gonna get. You know you're yeah, gonna have like, little breaks in the day, yeah. and it's just very consistent. This yeah. time of year, it's like extremes. Like Yeah. You want hail? Okay, extreme hail. Yeah. You want some snow, this extreme, extreme is, snow. This you know? is exactly wind, how, wind. how the weather was in
0: Ohio. Yeah. And this is the first year since I moved here, I was like, wow, this is really giving me Ohio flashbacks where April would hit and it'd be like, Oh, you want a foot of snow? Here you go. And then the next yeah. day's like seventy five beautiful and then all of a sudden there's a hailstorm. Did you guys
3: get the weather alert for today? Oh, yeah, yeah, extreme winds, right? Extreme winds. Like 60 miles an hour? Half-inch size hail. The possibility, not a 0% chance, but there's a possibility of a tornado. Okay, yep, why not? Why not? Just toss it in. How about an earthquake? Let's just go and throw that in there too. (laughs) Bring it.
2: (laughs) So I've been riding a little bit and I actually don't feel that bad, but um, I do not feel fit and fast. Let's just leave it at that.
3: Ouch. That's okay. Hey, that's
0: fine. <laughs> Just you, you get a little injection of some racing and there you go. Yeah. That's yeah. You're going to tapered at least.
2: Yeah, I'll be good and tapered. And actually if the, <laughs> if the weather sucks for the Gorge Gravel Runner, I might not even roll up. But, yeah, but what is the forecast for it? It actually weekend? doesn't look too bad. This weekend doesn't okay. look terrible. Yeah. yeah. The race is on Sunday and the weather in uh, it actually looks like it'll be in the 60s. Oh, that'd be nice. On this Sunday is, yeah. and dry for Saturday, so it may dry out out there but um i don't know what the wind forecast looks like it actually doesn't look too bad so I don't yeah, know. We'll just cool.
3: to hopefully it works out well for you yeah. yeah evan price we haven't spoken to you since you did your half Ironman down yeah. in the ocean side you want to yeah. backpedal that and some other stuff you've been up to
0: i can give a, a a good spark notes version of that race yeah it was um that was now two weeks ago i believe three weeks ago sure two, two or three weeks ago I, I i think in the in the vacuum of time here Um, but yeah, it has been an interesting last few weeks, right before Oceanside, I, um, ended my time at proactive physical therapy, which, you know, I've told some people about and then on social media and have patients mind switching over with me. But going into this next week, I am starting independent contracting as a PT at evolution healthcare, which is, thank you. Which which has definitely been, to to be honest, like a a dream job switch. This place is absolutely awesome. I think a lot of the endurance sports community knows about
3: evolution here. You first told me about it, and I knew of them. I didn't really know everything about them. And then I'm obviously going to do a little bit of looking up on them. Checked out their website. I was like, oh, my gosh, this place.
0: Altitude room, climbing walls. I mean, the, the, the guy who owns it is very, very cool. His name is Brad Ferrari. He's a sports chiropractor. And is just he he himself is a mountaineer, like a mountain athlete. Yeah. Like the guy, you know, I've I've had to learn what this truly is over the last few years as my little brother's gotten into climbing a lot, but he goes on crazy adventures through mountains, is just oh wow. Climbing, hiking, like all of that through like really, really cool areas through Canada. So the the group there is amazing. It's a lot of very endurance sports-driven people, athletes, clinicians. So um, it's it's an awesome place to be. It would be hard to dream up something more perfect for you. So it's, that's going to be fun I'm, to
3: watch you grow and blossom there. I'm
0: pretty excited, excited there. Yep. And, it's, and it's nice being able to move time around now to be a coach, to mm-hmm. really focus in on, I want to coach triathlon, cycling and running and work with the juniors team as much as I can in this.
3: Doing a fantastic job. Career switch lets it
0: happen. But in my other career, which I'm now trying to make a career in <laughs> professional triathlon, I'm kind of stopped. I've... Talked with Cassie enough about this to know i have stopped joking about being like, oh, she's a part-time pro triathlete. Like I've got I am I'm 30 now and I know everybody's chuckling at this, but really in your athletic life, this guy I, I got like a five-year window now before life's gonna start happening and I'm gonna get slow. So I need to I need to start taking it seriously. And I think Oceanside was the 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 first race I I really locked in mentally and with my training and knew. Let's give this a good college try. Like, I need to not just be the guy who's like, oh, yeah, it wasn't last. Like, I I, right, I want right. to be a middle-of-the-pack guy in the next 12 months. And it was it was good. The, the, the final result was, I think, we, we had on the start list, it was like 56 guys were on the start list, or almost 60. And then a bunch of guys drop out, like always. You know, there's injuries, stuff like that. But then even apparently there were some guys dropping out on like race morning and uh, because of like the wave conditions out there.
2: So it's an ocean swim at ocean Oceanside, swim. California. Yes. Beautiful city. And, oh, yeah. Awesome city. And I will uh, be there every year from now on. <laughs> Definitely. But, uh, there was surf the day yeah. of race morning, a lot of surf.
0: Okay. And, uh, and honestly, the day before was even more surf. It was, I think, I think we got lucky on that day. Um, but yeah, I had to learn how to r- r- swim into waves basically, I did not grow up on the coast. For, for anybody listening to this, Ohio, uh, let me give you some American geography, is a few states in from the East Coast and many states in from the West Coast and in the middle of nowhere. So no, we do not have ocean waves there. And flat. <laughs> and, and very flat. So um, it, I I was lucky enough that one of the guys staying with us, Tyson Weiland, who um, is a very, very good swimmer and was a very good short course athlete for a good portion of his career and now is switching into 73. Uh, knows how to swim into waves very well. So the day before the ra- or two days before the race, me, Cassie, um, AVT, and um, uh, Tyson go out to swim, basically. And I get panicked because I'm getting my... But beat by these waves, swallowing water. I'm I'm like trying to go over them and just getting smacked in the face. You don't go over them. I know. Well, Duck diving, buddy. So I know. So this is somebody who didn't grow. I, I never surfed as I, a kid. Anything. I learned was, how to swim
3: in Oceanside at the beach. I mean, not swim, at, at I, like, Oceanside. Legitimately swim, but learn how to swim in the yeah, ocean. So yeah, yeah, like That's where lake. I spent all my summers for.
0: Yeah, birth to like moving and, out of, and uh, and Cassie was yeah. saying the same thing. She's like, oh yeah, like non-swimmers know how to swim into the waves. It's just yeah. you do it as a kid when you're in California. I'm like, well yeah, when you yeah. when you go up around lakes and rivers, like that, you never know like <laughs> when a wave is capping what you do into it. So Tyson gave me a cue that actually really calmed me down. He said he was like dolphin kicking dead fish. That's all I said. He was like dolphin kicking dead fish, and what that meant was. You you kind of do a fly kick underneath the wave. You put both hands out, head down, and just dead fish. Yeah, it's like the less you move, the easier yeah. it is go through the wave. Yep, and all of a sudden that worked, and it became fun. After that. like yeah. I, I went from panicking to being like I can't even do this race tomorrow. Like I cannot swim into waves. To like oh I can actually hang on in this. Yeah. So you know we we get onto race day. I'll fast forward everything. Yep, ton of tension. I think there's like forty five guys on the start line. Uh, to to give a reference, I think I finished. 20 Oh god, I forget where I actually finished. I think it was 21st or 2nd. I think it was 21st. 21st. Yeah. So so I was I was literally as I was saying, I want to be a mid-pack triathlete. Now I was I was the definition of a mid-pack triathlete in this race. I was the I think I ended up being the actual 50th percentile. But um the the swim start was nuts because the tide is carrying us way away from the buoy. <laughs> and even the top guys were it was impossible to sight because these waves are surfer's waves are crashing in. So we're all going offline. It's absolute chaos. I make it to the first buoy turn and I'm like, okay, there's a group behind me and a group in front of me. Crap. I didn't make the group in front of me. So I'm just trying to stay steady, like off these guys by like 30 seconds for the entire swim. Hindsight. This is why I'm excited to do this race again I I know how to swim into these waves now and I need to be better because that race was won and lost in the swim in the first 200 meters. It was like, (laughs) who can fight into these waves and not panic was basically it. And these, these pro races are insane because it's you and 50 guys who are all way too competitive in this first. I mean, there's, even though it's a long race, they, w- we know how important that first 200, 400 is. So as an age group, when you're told like, get into your groove and like race your race, you don't get to race your race. <laughs> it's, the, the race is up the road. If you decide That's to do right. that, so yeah. it's, it's gone the first 200 meters, but, um, came out, I've, been swimming, uh, around 28 minutes, uh, in all my open water swims and came out almost 28 flat. So I was fine with it, ran through transition, got on my bike, hammered my first 20 minutes to get into a little three person group and, um, ended up working with a guy who is absolutely great. I really respect him a lot. His name's Yu, And I'm going to butcher his last name cause he's Taiwanese, uh, Hasio, I believe. But, um, he is, A great cyclist, great cyclist, great runner, and a guy named Eduardo Sandi, who is also, I've raced a few times now and a super nice guy and is an elite runner. So, being in that group, I knew that the race was going to go well for me if I stuck with them. And I ended up doing a lot of the work uh, through a good portion of it. And then you went to the front and just laid down the hammer the last like 10 miles, 15 miles. Uh, after a lot of climbs in in the middle of the race, which I really liked, it was it was a tough, tough bike course, which I love, and um, I think it really sapped the legs of a lot of the good runners. And you know, you uh, put probably a thirty seconds, forty five seconds into me and Eduardo coming into transition, and we um, I come to the dismount line, and long story short, eat it, basically just straight oops, <laughs> eat it Wait. onto my knees. <clears throat> You crashed on the bike coming on the dismount line on the dismount (laughs) line. So I'll, I'll make an, I'll make an excuse that doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's, it's my job to not crash. Like no, like there was one other guy I think that Uh, went down at the dismount line. And I think maybe I heard somebody say Daniela reef might've gone down, but I could be wrong there, but, uh, it was very Sandy at that line. And I was coming in very hot and did my usual flying dismount. And right before I go to fly off the bike slips on the sand and just, destroyed my knees i mean they are still healing to to this oh day gosh. like two and a half weeks later but um yeah so you know cruise through transition jump onto the run i am bleeding down my legs at this point <laughs> so unfortunately uh i was recognized after the race by a lot of people as oh you were the guy running with blood <laughs> running down his legs <laughs> and it's always so bad when they look at you they're like did you finish oh we're so proud of you that's so great that you made it to the nice finish line job. nice job Evan. that's good good I was job like, buddy it's like wonderful. I'm now known as that guy, but, but it was it, it was awesome. There was that was the most fans I've ever seen at a race. Oceanside, the entire half marathon course had fans all around. It. People who I don't think had any idea that there was a triathlon going the, on. And, the,
2: I'm guessing the run course went up and down the Ocean Boulevard, and then yep. it, did it go partially up that bike path too?
0: Um, not the or yes, yes, it did. It did go on the bike path, and it was on Ocean Boulevard, and then you turned around and came back. And it actually had some really, I liked some really spicy hills. The only reason the hills were there was it was the um, ramps that go up
1: on the ocean boulevard from the beach, beach,
0: which trust me, I would rather just take a mile gradual hill than in a hundred meters on a 20% gradient ramp. Yep. Because that is the easiest way to tempt a cramp more than anything. is like, oh yeah, now climb stairs basically. So, um, it, it, made for a tough run course, but I still ran, you know, on what 117, I wanted to be around 115, but with how tough that course is, I've learned a lot of lessons and know kind of how to attack it next time. So, and, and with bleeding knees, you know, and you that's know, worth if I also am not losing blood actively the entire run, maybe <laughs> can run a little bit faster <laughs> the next time. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good step forward and kind of knowing that like, all right, in the next 12 months I need to keep on advancing and, um, set a little bit better standards and goals for myself, I think. Yeah.
2: Well, good for you, Evan. That's uh, you. not too uh,
0: bad of a showing. No, it wasn't. But I'm, yeah. I'm definitely an unpolished pro athlete. I will say, very. I'm slipping at dismount lines and learning to swim into waves. So, so <laughs>
3: seriously, what are you going to focus on if you want to get faster, better, and try
0: and move up into that? That's a great, yeah. Um, my, my, obviously, my swim needs to get stronger. My, my main thing with my swim is I need to become a more efficient swimmer. So I'm, I'm taking the sport more seriously as a whole okay um I've actually gotten in contact with uh, Jenny Noga who is an old swim coach of mine who used to swim collegiately. Uh, she's one of the best swim coaches I had ever met and I'm sending her videos every once in a while now and we're doing talks about like hey what's going on and you need to hey. do this and this and um you know just through my career shift and focusing more on coaching now, I am taking my own training a lot more seriously like I've been coaching my athletes so, I, I know that I had to clear up enough time where if I want to be a competitive pro triathlete, I have to ride about 14, 15 hours a week. That's be all end all. Well, yep. you need to run that. And my, my running needs to stay over 50 miles. That is, I know, I know Lance has kind of tracked us on his drive a little bit. That, that is the game now. And it's, sure it's a much, much faster Pro field than it was even five six years ago. Sure. It's the, the the field is skyrocketing, and if you want to, we were talking after this race in Oceanside. You look at that top twenty. In the top twenty, there were I think like fifteen or sixteen. I forget the number. Have won Ironman races, and all these guys are faster than they used to be mm-hmm. because the training is different. The research is coming around and catching up. Yep, it's it's very you know I mean it, it, it's similar to what's happening in sport like running right now. Records are falling left and right. It's <laughs> if. The top 15 broke four hours. Yeah. Wow. And that is not a fast course, the Top fifteen, not a fast course. And this is, I mean, you, you have to, if, if you want to be fat, it's funny to see, I love the old generation of triathlon, but a lot of those guys that were fast like 10 years ago now, eight years ago, they, I mean, they've fallen out of the field, mm-hmm. like completely fallen out of the field, maybe because life happened or they just didn't change how they trained. But the way that they were training 10 years ago does, does not suffice anymore. These guys are coming in with ITU backgrounds. They are fast. You got pro runners coming to field, pro former cyclists. I mean, it is if if you want to stay in the field right now, it is getting very hard, and you have to be able to train a lot, so that's kind of my, my plan for the next four or five years is to try and hang on in this field and move up it, but as Cassie was pointing out to me too, is I can, I can do all these things. And I got to realize that also you and Eduardo who are right around me, you know, us three raced each other for yeah. those couple spots. They're also doing those things. Gotcha. <laughs> so, it's, right. so it's like, Oh, I want to move into the top 20. It's like, well, yeah, now I got to beat guys that are doing all the things that I'm doing. Right. So, you know, it still comes down to executing on race day.
3: So, this is going to be related, but hang in there for a second. Yeah. You mentioned that you talked to my Gavin this morning. Yeah. Has he uh, brought up anything to you? No, maybe oh, so. God. He no. respects you to the nth degree in terms of your athleticism, but he wants to have an intervention with you. Oh, God. <laughs> what <is> we, <laughs> we, we had this kind of jokingly. It was it was kind of a funny thing, but I don't know. He might have something that might be worth you looking into. Uh-huh. He wants to sit down with you and, and have you have a little come to Jesus moment with your, your diet. With my diet, you know. <laughs> Honestly, Wait, better,
2: <laughs> he has better food choices on the table today than he's had in a long time. <laughs> I will say, I've, I've started
0: to make little changes. <laughs> well, I, I, I have started to make yeah. little changes. I of of everybody I've ever trained, I think yeah. that the respect with Guy Van is very mutual, and I hope everybody that heard that podcast with him yeah. was impressed by that because he's he's very soft, like at times Mike can be very soft spoken and will just kind of yeah. undersell himself. That guy's commitment to what he's done is mind-blowing yep. to me it's mind-blowing so if there's anybody i would sit down and talk diet with it, it's definitely him because there there are things i need to change i think the toughest part with triathlon I've, and i've even talked with other guys uh me, me and tyson wyland were actually talking about this with, with our diets the the higher higher volumes of training diet becomes so hard to stay completely clean because especially when you're you're getting close to that 30 hour a week mark the 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 benefits of still eating a little bit, even if it's not fully clean, versus underfueling. Yeah. Underfueling is very dangerous. True. In in triathlon. True. Yeah, very dangerous. So dietary changes need to happen for me, but they have to happen very slowly, because if I undershoot my calorie need-
3: Well, 100% understand that. Yeah,
0: that's where it gets dangerous. And this is, I'll use some examples recently. I'm not accusing them of having hit these or anything, but people like Jan Ferdano and Lucy Charles Barkley, the two world champs, shouldn't listen to my advice at all because they're smoking me and everything. Both just came into injuries recently. Mm -hmm. They both had recent switches, big, big switches in their diet. Really? They went fully plant-based, a few of them. So that's...
2: Oh, how interesting. Talking,
0: it's... (laughs) It's not that being fully plant-based is bad in any way or making a big shift the other way is bad, but you got to understand that if your body's used to something at that high of a level and then you just like rewrite the entire book on it, you might run into an injury.
3: Yeah. Well, I think with him, it's not like he wants to sit down and tell you what to eat, but I think he just wants to sit down and tell you like what you're eating probably isn't helping you or you could be like this percent better, faster, stronger, recovered all that other stuff
0: if me and Guyvan lived together and we just made borscht for each other all the time uh, i would 100 <laughs> percent change my diet because whatever that guy's doing is working so yeah. brandy made borscht
2: this last oh, week really? oh really we, oh my gosh i had it at home for a couple of days yeah so
3: everybody's wanting to get on the borscht train i'd be 100 just getting on the <laughs> borscht train right? yeah. Yeah. i'm not giving you a hard time but i think that he no, might it's, have a uh, something i need to look have into. A little bit of something i mean even if you just made like a 10 15 20 change mm-hmm. i mean i'm not saying don't come home and eat your whole bag of potato chips and swedish fish yeah, and all that yeah. other stuff but
0: i actually maybe so, just cut back a little bit funny funny thing i've had to mention on here because i know that the Swedish fish has become the thing yeah i don't take it in as my nutrition really no lie i've actually gone to for my quick gels i go to these annie's gels okay the main reason i went to the annie's gels was i was looking through a lot of the um ingredients on there and the the type of uh gelatin that they use in swedish fish is really bad for your gi system
3: oh yeah you don't say
0: and annie's actually cut out two of those okay so since i've been using annie's i feel great and i'm eating,
3: like rock stars and red bulls and
0: um i have cut down my red bull use to only two key workouts a week when i'm drinking red Bull. okay good for you so i do a Hep- lot more hepler I, hepler yeah.
2: I'm, I'm not trying to be a pro
0: triathlete. <laughs> awesome. The, the the chips. Oh man, the chips I'm hanging on to for a long time because that well, is just maybe just like just making calorie demands. Instead
3: of eating a whole bag, maybe just eat half a bag yeah. and save the other half for later. It, that's actually it, not a bad yeah, idea. It girl. really is. But yes.
0: <laughs> but uh, meat intake and dark greens have been a big focus lately. Well, if there's yeah.
3: anybody that's going to be a great student and is going to look at everything under a, a microscope and, and analyze it up, down, and all the way around, it's going to be you. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen to you over the next you know six months to a year if you're going to make some steps forward
1: there
0: we're gonna see that's cool. for sure i'm just excited that bike racing's coming back soon too Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: all right that was a a, a longer back but
1: longer I had some back i'll say <laughs> but you, you know what i'll
3: make up for that since yeah. last uh monday this has been like eight eight days now you're in texas at <laughs> least. I, I, well you know i came back from <laughs> texas we recorded the podcast i've ridden one time i rode last one lo-
0: time in eight days
3: yeah yeah i uh we did a we normally do a Tuesday night gravel ride, dirt right and it's just like we said earlier with the weather's mm. been awful here so we decided to ride online and do a workout there and did a little Zwift workout with the team and there was what, a dozen 15 people someone and had a great workout had a great ride did well felt strong woke up the next morning and felt like absolute crap and yeah. it's been a downward spiral ever since then yeah. I finally went into the doctor this morning and and I've got a lot of things going on with me so it's uh a little ear infection, a little sinus infection and some other little minutia that came along with that. So I've got some meds that I'm going to get on and hopefully,
0: <laughs> at least it's all stuff you can't pass on to the kids because then it hangs around the house forever. Yeah. So. yeah,
3: But it's Thanks, just sucks because yeah, yeah no. <laughs> off the bike for eight days now. And it's, I asked the doc, I'm like, so doc, um, when would you think that I'm going to be okay to get back on the bike? Say, well, uh, mm- <laughs> yeah so it, it might be another week i don't know but it yeah. just sucks to watch all the fitness that you had built up just slip away it's like Au it'll come back yeah. it'll come back it will um, yeah if it comes back with some good weather so that's yeah, yeah honestly yeah, yeah. i miss much outside cool um matt are you still there you've been kind of quiet
4: yeah i've been quiet i have i have no comment on evan's diet
1: <laughs>
4: i mean i could i could tell evan that the the sugary caffeinated drinks probably are not that helpful for him but he knows that and, oh yeah uh, i would i always tell people like try not to think of like eating less crap but try thinking of eating more good stuff like you more know, vegetables could not
0: agree with you more. Because
4: then, yep. then you're at least like it's like a mindset shift right where you're like oh i just need to eat more like that's easier to do than yeah. like eat like eat less like whatever yeah. like you eat chips, eat chips that's fine but like if you eat a Big, you know, Sweet potato. Full of yeah. in it beforehand, yeah. Yeah. you're probably not going to be like super likely to finish the bag of chips. Yeah, 100. percent
0: Right, Matt. That, that that was actually more the the mindset I was taking into these switches anyway. Which which I, I agree with you. I think is a healthier outlook on it.
4: But, but you said like dark leafy greens and oh yeah. You know I don't I don't think eating meat is bad. I mean oh, for, other than for- the fact that Lance you know might be rolling over and <laughs> I have I have no <laughs> judgment.
2: There's no judgment
4: coming from me. <laughs> I see some I see some judgment in your eyes.
0: Oh, trust me, my own my, my own mother's
2: that's, then that's pl- pure evil hate is what my, that is. My own
0: mother's yep. been plant based for the last few years and I know we whenever we have this conversation I try to talk her out of it. But the- <laughs>
4: I'm pretty sure Bambi's mom was like blinking her eyes at Lance when we were talking about eating more meat. It's good red meat. It's good red meat. You know,
2: Matt and I spent a lovely afternoon um, in Oceanside together riding our do I, around I did know I did know um, on the run
4: course for the most part. So. Yep. Yeah, we were previewing the course for you and we were like, Evans gonna bleed here. Well, by- <laughs> gonna bleed here.
0: <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for that. Of course, preview, guys. Why don't you tell me that right at the start? Don't fall, because then I would have not fallen.
1: We should have done that. Yeah, that would worst be no way to start your
0: run: fall immediately.
3: <laughs> awesome. All right, let's move on. Um, we don't have a Patreon drawing this week. You want to know why? Because we're doing Patreon drawing next week. <laughs> Come back next week. We're, right yeah. we're not at the lab right now. We're not at the lab. We're recording remotely. It's, it's kind of nostalgic. It's back, it in, back in the old office. The guys were nice enough to come to my house because I mm-hmm. was trying to keep myself away from people. But um, I, I don't think I'm contagious. At least that's what the doctor said. But it's one of those things where I need to get some rest. But anyway, yeah. they came to the house and we just don't have that stuff with us today. I was going to try and plan on doing that this week, but we are going to kick it to next week. So come on back for a nice Patreon drawing. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon, go to dialpodcast.com. Check it out there. Got some options for you. All right. Is that guy here? Is, do you see him? Did, he, did he come to the house too?
0: Champ Bailey. Excuse no. The soundboard. Well, I think he's in
3: the top five discussion. I mean, I'm not going to Hall of fame. Champ Bailey. What's yes, up, dude? Champ
2: is here in Jake's house, in the uh, in the office of Jake's house.
0: <laughs> in the righty Pacific um, Northwest.
2: Yeah, there are a couple races to talk about. Um, some fun stuff happened. Um, I think one of the funnest... And coolest um, spring classic monuments to watch: Perry Roubaix happened this
0: last weekend. Yeah, it's as good as it gets. Yeah, it's, absolutely as good as it gets. You know, uh, uh, there's
2: there's like five monument races, and uh, it, to be a monument, it, it's it's like one. They're long races that have been held for like more than hundred oh, years or yeah. something ridiculous. They feel it so, and them have been.
0: Has, has Perry roubaix been run since the 1800s? I, I don't think, know. Yeah. I, I it think was it was like 1890-something. Yeah, yeah, it, like 95 something. like the 115th rendition it was of was the It's crazy phone. to think yeah. about how many years that's been going.
2: Perry roubaix is one of the races where they don't avoid the nastiest of the cobble sections. They yeah. go for those nastiest cobble sections. So a lot of the other Spring Classics may have um, cobble sections in it, but this one actually... Yeah, <laughs> it's harder on the body.
0: Well, these roads have been around forever and they maintain some of them for this for race. This race. I mean, they've specifically not removed a lot of these yeah. these cobbled areas because the the race runs over them. So like like I don't think the force of Aremberg has any other purpose outside of this race. Correct.
2: That's <laughs> right. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah.
0: They keep And the cobbles they, are insane. Like who would ever drive their car over they, that? You'd destroy your suspension.
2: It's pretty crazy. So, but the race uh was very exciting. Wait, great thing this year there was a there was a women's version the day before and and the men's version on Sunday. Um uh, kind of an unexpected winner uh that came out was the uh Ineos rider um Van yep. Van Barla. Van Barla. Yeah. Dylan Van Barla.
3: He was there ben. to support, wasn't he? And he just I don't he know, was. all the stars yeah. aligned and he he's, went for it. Uh, he's
0: <laughs> very I think within the Ineos camp they knew that he was going to be a contender, but the guy has been a support writer for his career Um, long time. Yeah. Phil, Phil Guyman in 2016 called this by the way, did anybody see Phil Guyman's post Uh, on that? no, Phil Gavin had a post in 2016 talking about Van Barla saying, like, hey, this guy's just going to keep on moving up the field in Peru and I guarantee he's going to win it this one year. And that's like <laughs> not, that's like saying, like, oh, you know, like, wow, Van Arts going to win it one year. It's like, cool, that's a neat prediction. But like, this was, yeah. this would be like picking a random yeah. domestique and saying, it's like, hey, this guy's lot. going to win it.
2: <laughs> so that was very exciting to watch. Uh, he actually made a move with, well, I don't know, what was it, 15K to go? Or like it was that. a ways out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a ways out where he, it, it wasn't really the plan. It was like he saw an opportunity and mm-hmm. just did it, He's and, then, and yeah. managed to hold off the group that were d- kind of drilling him down, which included, well, Vinar and yep. Matthew Vanderpool. The watts
3: and the speed that he was holding, not only for the whole race, but that just the end yes. was insane. It was pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, he ended up winning by like what a minute forty-five or something like that, or minute 47? a minute oh, forty-seven. Oh yeah, forty-seven. He won yeah. by a minute. He was very seven. consistent over that last over that last. It and really over those cobbles too. I mean, just kidding. Yeah beat up and bounced around and yeah holding that speed in those watts
0: good on good on Wout too for wow Wout, Wout won the sprint for second he ended um, up second um, not bad out. coming off of covid yeah exactly that, that's what i was just saying. i mean he he out dueled mvp you know i mean mvp had to try to bridge that group and wasn't able to bridge
2: mvp like missed one move with yeah. like 5k to on go on the
0: pavement yeah on the pavement too they they roll a uh, Wout attack i think it was Wout attacked
2: I don't know. or stefan kung
0: Oh, it might have been. Uh, no, no, no. Wow, attacked. And then Coom bridged up to him. And MVP, I think, missed Coom. He 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 was he did not yeah, latch maybe. on in time.
3: And he said was, afterwards it was that he just didn't have the legs that yeah. day. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think every move that comes in the last 20K Perry <sighs> bay it's not like those guys are like, oh, I'm going to let this one go. It's just like, I cannot at this moment follow and, that. And
3: for those yeah. who don't know how long the race is, it's like 250. 250- 50 kilometers yeah. or whatever. It's, it's like 160, 160 miles. miles. Yeah. yeah. That's a long day on with the bike.
0: So, I mean, some of these last cobble sections are insanely hard. My, my, my buddy, Kit, who we've had on the show before, has ridden on the Belgian cobbles before. And he said, he's like, you, you can't even understand watching it how insanely hard it is just to keep a bike upright yeah, on Yeah, I mean,
3: riding it on a mountain bike with some big cushy tires and some suspension is still going to bounce you around. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're on a road bike with a, a tire yeah. that's like, you know, semi-hard. Yeah. That's
2: that's nuts. That's crazy, you know. It was interesting to watch a, a lot of the like classic um, um, cobble sections. They've built like like pathways on either side yeah. of the cobbles so they that block them off. And they have to <laughs> block them off for the race so that so that the riders don't. Actually, ride on these nice, this nice tarmac, you know, four foot wide path that are right next to the cobbles. Because I'm, I'm guessing they built those for people to ride their bikes out there. Yeah, Yeah. but um, that actually ended up causing one of the The quick step riders. Yeah, the quick step riders crash. Yeah, Um, that was terrible. Yeah, he was. He, there was a there were fans lining most of the course also great to see yeah but there was a fan that was standing on that smooth tarmac section where the riders weren't supposed to be riding and they have these barriers like set every 30 meters or something like mm-hmm. that um on that tarmac so that the riders wouldn't ride on the tarmac and the quick step rider was like weaving in and out a lot of them were yep hopping yep. on the nice smooth tarmac and then back onto the cobble to miss the barrier and then back onto the smooth tarmac and so they're hopping in and out that's exactly yeah. what i would do and in one of those hops the fan had his hands out didn't expect it
0: he drilled him and yep. um he took her down hard he took him down pretty hard <laughs> there was a that that was one of the more brutal crashes i think you'll ever see in a in a bike race that was that was tough to watch because he he almost saved it but you're never gonna save it on the cobbles so lampert is who lampert, yeah, lampert uh-huh.
2: is who it was he, ended, he yep.
0: still ended up 10th. Great rider. I mean, he, he 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 was having a great day. I forget who was with him at that time. Oh, it was Mohorich. So yeah. early in the, the, the race before Van Barla goes, really, if you're watching that race, the most dangerous guy in the race was, was Mohorich again. And I mean, he is no joke. Like that guy just continues to put out results that show that he's going to be one of the best one-day riders, period, here pretty soon. And he is, I mean, so, so strong. Uh, he's he, good. He was in a long break at Perry, Paris. I forget when that that break actually started, but he was in a break for a long way. Latched onto the attacks, worked with guys, was just stayed in the race the whole time, and I think ended up. I know, I know, he was top ten. I forget where where Moharich ended up. Uh,
2: he was in that second group with uh, Wout Benart, but he ended up fifth.
0: Fifth, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. He's not he's not a wonderful sprinter I mean he's not going to like finish off stuff but that guy's dangerous from like 20k out. You let him go, he's gone.
2: The other the other crazy thing, the video that came out of of Wout van Aert's wheel tacoing. Yeah. His rear wheel just crumbling. complete
3: and utter utter failure. It just his, his, his rear Shimano wheel wheels. just
2: collapsed on him yeah. on one of the cobble sections. I guess that he had flatted and he was riding his rear wheel flat for as long as he could until his team car could get to him to swap with him. And yeah. that beating on that rim finally just.
3: Yeah, it took a class. teammate's bike and, and took off from there. It was a quick transition, but it was still crazy to see that wheel just fail. It was just like tacoed in half. Yeah, it
2: tacoed in half. <laughs> yeah. Which was also pretty crazy. Which oh my God. Still not as bad as seeing um, George Hincappy's stem snap off in oh, the God. middle oh, yeah. of the race. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. It was at like 10 years yeah. ago or something. His stem snapped yeah. and he went over the bonkers yeah anyway. terrible uh so yeah perry rubet was great there was another race this morning because we are recording this on wednesday uh yeah. when you will hear it um la flesh alone happened huh? this morning yeah and uh oh, old man what's his name almost won it um, Niebla? No, Valverde. 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 Oh, Valverde. Yeah,
1: he got. Oh my gosh, out,
2: he got out sprinted at the line. I believe I haven't seen the clips, but I just he's had a
0: great start to his season. Anybody been watching like the early no. season stuff? Valverde's yeah. been in he's a lot of moves and looking forty-one. Great. He's forty-one. Forty-one. Oh yeah,
4: no, he's he's eighty-one, guys. He's at 80. <laughs> yes, he is. He's older than all of us combined if you combine <laughs> all of our ages and faster.
1: Is he
3: still movie Movistar?
1: He
4: is. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's still movie Movistar. Movistar. He got out
3: sprinted
2: by Dylan Toons from the Okay. Bahrain. Oh, hey, okay. yeah.
0: you know what? What is he, half his age? I think Toons is. I so.
2: <laughs> and Alaphilippe was right there too. I was going to say,
3: um, was a, yeah. was a favorite going into that race.
2: Yeah, so Dylan Toons ended up out sprinting Valverde by just a few meters, so pretty crazy. Is that, mm-hmm. that the
3: same Toons, the cross racer?
2: Yeah, uh, no, that's, Different guy him. Yeah, that's different tunes. This is this is Dylan tunes, not Tune. Arts. Oh, Tune Arts, sorry. Yeah. Toon
0: combining tunes. combining tunes. Combining Stinky. Dylan tunes and Wild Van Art into one <laughs> <laughs> cyclocross road guy.
2: There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> Crazy. But other than that, I don't have any other racers else to talk about. Champ out. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's
1: hot. That's, that's hot. Guess what, guys? That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Parasol.
3: That's the hot seat. That is the hot seat. It's the hot seat, guys. Let's do the hot seat this week. Oh no. Matt. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Do You want to start us off this week?
4: Yes. Yeah. Easy softball question for you guys. Bring it. Do you guys ever foresee yourself like using a uh, smartphone device and scrapping like a dedicated bike computer? For example, I mean, uh. Uh, phones are getting better. Battery life is getting better there's a lot of things that we may want like connectivity to from that particular phone. A lot of the connected bike device pieces the power meters, heart rate monitors are going Bluetooth, meaning that that's all somewhat capable of connecting to your hardware. And then the rest of it is just software, which you guys know can be quite capable on these smartphones. Can I start? Yeah. No. (laughs) Go.
3: Uh, Short answer. No, it's too big.
4: That's that's
2: exactly what I would say. It's just it's not something I want on my handlebar.
3: Yeah. Plus,
4: I mean, your Wahoo Rome was big.
3: Not near. It's, it's half the size of my iPhone. True. It's, but um, you know, the other thing probably is probably
4: not weight wise it's probably similar.
1: Well, Don't
3: try to just, talk sense to it. Right? <laughs> Maybe just the physical form factor like the actual real estate of the screen yeah it's kind of cool I mean there could be some applications where if I want to you know have more information and be able to see more stuff but I don't want to be that distracted and I don't want to have that much real estate and I don't want to have the the computer or the my computer the, the phone break if I should have some sort of an accident on the bike because replacing a two three four hundred dollar bike computer is a lot less expensive than a thousand dollar phone
0: I've got I've got no for a different reason. Um, my phone just got, you
2: don't know how to use your phone. That's that,
0: that, that that too.
3: It scares (laughs) me. Still using (laughs) a Nokia flip phone.
0: I'm staying with the cat. eye computer for as long as possible. But, um, uh, my phone just got wet recently and the SIM card died on me. So like, how do we, I mean, if I go outside and it's like a little bit of rain, I know that there's like covers I can put on the phone and stuff, but like that's cumbersome to put on like a waterproof cover every single time I want to go outside with the phone. And also it's like the phones are very valuable. I don't want the thing to break. Like if I crash, like that phone's toast. Like it's gonna crack and break. And I, I'd rather have a bike computer that's a little more robust, maybe, and less likely to die as soon as I crash.
2: I I will say this: the three of us. This is a very elitist thing for us to say because there are a lot of cyclists who just use their cell phone for a bike computer. Yeah. But I cannot recall. A single time I've seen somebody I think watches at a race are great for bike yeah. computers, too. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I haven't, I've never seen somebody at a race with their phone strapped to their handlebar. So again, that makes, you know, but we're elitist jack hole racers. So yeah. <laughs> here's not. Yeah. Here's not. <laughs> so we're
0: yeah. No, and, I, and I've even done races with no bike computer, which I think is great. I'd rather see somebody with no bike computer than strap their iPhone onto the front yeah. of their frame.
3: That's true. I mean, I can see some plus side. What would be some plus side? What, what would you like about having your phone there as your computer? I mean, are you. Bigger screen, uh, e- maybe easier directions.
2: That's not true anymore with these bike computers.
4: I don't, um, it, it, having that, that quick connectivity to the internet is important. Like a lot, I mean, you guys think about this. You go for, let's say, Lance, you go for like a 60, 80 mile ride, you're going to stop plot your phone a couple of times.
2: Yes, I pull it out to take pictures all the time.
4: Yeah, but in, in, and then if you really want to do mapping, I bet like if you're really lost, I bet you pull your phone out. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, th- that happens. Definitely. That happens a couple times a month where I'm I'm so far it, I well, I don't have a route downloaded. I'm just out like mm-hmm. cruising the countryside. It's usually not when I'm here in town, but I'll pull my phone out to say where the heck am I and how do I get back? And I'll type something into Google maps and then hit the little bike icon to see which is the best way to get yep. back. Yeah. So
3: I will do that. Yeah. How about you, Matt? What's your answer to that question?
4: I, so the, the way I phrased the question was like, could you ever foresee this happening in the future? And, and I think sure, like I am, I am loyal to nothing. You know, if the software is better on the mobile phone and they have a good mounting system, And, you know, if it makes more sense for me to use my phone, I will absolutely jump ship. Uh, I don't have, you know, some sort of, like, Garmin tattoo on my butt cheek, but I have been thinking (laughs) about it. But, you know, uh, I I could see, like, that, you know, mobile talk You have to prove that, Matt. What's that?
2: You have to prove that.
4: Yeah. Oh, don't worry, (laughs) Lance. Don't you worry. Uh, But I'm just thinking, like, with all the new technology that's going to come down the wire with, like, heads up display systems and things like that, I could just, I could see the, you know, some sort of like feature that we haven't thought of yet coming to a mobile phone first and it taking a long time for a uh, bike computers to catch up in the like two, three year time frame. Whereas mobile phones are like, you know, you know, every month there's some new phone coming out with some super ridiculous screen and fantastic cameras. And I could just see all of that being integrated into some sort of byte computer system and it just being a home run and all of us like changing our mind and being like yeah of course you know it's better so we're going to do it
3: now you bring up an interesting point um in that the heads up display could be something that could definitely at least i think so i think it could definitely inter- um basically disrupt the whole bike computer industry by making them obsolete. If you've got yep. a heads-up display that works with your glasses that's not cumbersome like the Garmin thing that came out, was it the Insight maybe or something, that whatever they called that thing, it just looks goofy in my opinion. Um, it's a little too big, whatever. But if you come up with something that you really can't see it and it's in your glasses and you can see all of the metrics that you need to see and it's paired with your phone – that is a good point. That would be fantastic. I it would, would definitely use that because then you're point. not looking down in, at your, your bike computer. And yes. It, a could, Chris give you, it yeah. could give
0: you like verbal directions too, which would be <coughs> correct. So nice.
3: Yeah. So yeah. that could be interesting. I, I have I, a blinky light that comes on in your glasses. <laughs> yeah. Turn right here. Turn right. Yeah. 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 So... <laughs> All right, well that that's a interesting interesting question you guys. This have sounds
0: use? like a lot of tech, Matt. I don't know about this. Hot seat price. <laughs> so tech, much tech. I don't know. But way too much way too much tech. I don't know.
3: <laughs> awesome. All right, Hepler, yes. You next, buddy. Go.
2: Okay, um this this question is kind of um it, it, it's inspired by the suck weather we're having here in the, in the <laughs> northwest right now. What, what is one of your like cycling destinations, like a place you would just love mm. to go spend a week cycling? It could be anywhere in the world. Have you thought about this? Was also inspired by what I was watching on the ride last night.
3: Wow. Girona.
2: Okay. I
0: yep. I'd love to do a week long training camp in Girona, swim, run, and bike. Yeah. Definitely.
3: Gosh, anywhere, probably Italy or France uh, or. I I don't just anywhere over in Europe. I would love to spend some time over there and just kind of ride some of the the classics. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, ride um, some of the great climbs, yes.
1: uh, the
2: ones in the Alps or up in the, or over in the Pyrenees yep. or mm-hmm. any of those places. That I would mean, be cool.
3: you fall in love with it when you watch it on the tour or any of the, the the big races that you watch and you see how beautiful it is. And I I have to imagine that that the TV cameras can't do justice, right? Like how beautiful it is there. I'd love to be able to go see there, and I would mm-hmm. want to go do it at a leisurely pace though. I wouldn't want to necessarily try to go out and race it or try and set any kind of PRs. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to set any PRs because I've never done it before, but you know what I'm saying? I'd be able to like really soak it in and like, you know, capture some video, take camera, just experience it and go out there and have fun. That would be utterly fantastic. Mm
2: -hmm. So we got two votes for Europe. What about you, Matt?
4: Yeah, I, I agree with the Europe vote. As long as you're doing that particular stuff in the summertime when the weather is nice, because you start to do some of those big climbs and you get up pretty high and you're going to run into crazy weather, right? Like what do they always say? Like you're, you're climbing the mountains. Like you don't like the weather. Wait, wait five minutes and it'll change. Right. I think, I think that, yeah, when you do those stuff, like um, one of the things that I thought would always be really interesting is uh, they have a lot of these basically like guided tours where you basically ride the tour course, but you ride it like the week before the tour. And I just think that that kind of stuff would be super fun it's something I could see doing, like, with my wife, potentially, drinking way too much good wine and just, like, making <laughs> oh, more wow. of a vacation out of it, right? Absolutely. That could be cool.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you could combine, like, an Alp climb with... You know, this would be the one time, too, I would 100% just, like, rent an e-bike. <laughs> <That'd> be <pretty laughs> I'd fun. be like, yeah, I want to nice. yeah. do, like, a 100-mile ride, but I also want to drink wine the night before, so... <laughs> I would like an extra 200 watts on these climbs, please. (laughs) How about
3: same question, but here in the States?
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
3: How about you, Lance? You're, you're the world traveler. You've been all over the place riding your bike. I, you know, is there anywhere that you want to go to 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 or there's two questions, anywhere that you want to go and anywhere that you want to go back to?
2: Um, Yosemite Valley. There are several climbs around Yosemite that I would have liked to have done on my bike. I rode through the Yosemite Valley and um, like through the tunnel, which is also just phenomenal places. But there's climbs like up to Inspiration Point or Taft Point that I would have have liked to have done on my bike. That's a place I'd like to go back to. Uh, there's there's rides in Utah that I would absolutely mm-hmm. want to go back. But the thing is, yeah, I've done a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I haven't ridden
0: in the North East. How much riding in Colorado have you done? I feel like you haven't done. I have not done a, a ton, ton in Colorado yeah. either. No. I feel like that's it. like from the area you've been in, like you've done all almost like as much of Utah as you can. I feel like there's a lot in Colorado you would love. Hey, just because I spent some time around there. Yeah, but
2: yeah. Colorado's, you know, 10 hours further.
0: That's true. Yeah. East. I always yeah. how big these states are in the West. Yeah. Like Oh, just right next to it. 12 hours. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> yeah. so that's why I've only been through Colorado a couple times, but.
3: I don't, for me, I think it's just, I would love to, I mean, we're from the West Coast, we're in the Pacific Northwest, and I think that it, the, the riding out here from, like, say Colorado West, I think is probably yeah. a little bit better than most places in the country on the whole. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: there's there's some areas
3: in Appalachia that are really beautiful. Blue
0: Ridge Parkway, I still think, is one of the most beautiful areas in America. How's and the weather that? though? Yeah. Is it? Uh, I mean, like, you would need to be spring or summer there, yeah. but it's I mean, summer's it's like, humid. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like Tennessee, North Carolina gotcha. area. So that
3: could be beautiful too. But I just think Northeast the, is really nice. The Western yeah. states and just just give me a gravel bike and let me go play. Yeah. I don't Yeah, like to ride on the road. That would be fun and all, but I, I want to go see things. And I think that I'm going to see better things if I'm on my gravel right. bike and just go explore.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, some of the best rides in the country, uh, the Crater Lake Rim, yeah. the Columbia River mm-hmm. Gorge. Yep, yep. The, People you know, travel for these. Windy Ridge in the Olympic Peninsula. Yep. Windy
0: Ridge is still the best one that I've done in this region. I would say just like pure just memories-wise and views-wise. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that was pretty close to it. Or Rainier seen. National Park. Yeah, I'm going there or, soon.
2: Yeah. Um, the, yeah, there's there's phenomenal there's rides a lot here of, in the north. A lot
0: of it here, yep. But I will say the one that I'm going to report back on that I think might be, the, this is just from after watching Vegan Cyclists do it, is when we do Telluride in July, that i'm pretty sure i mean that that 100 and however many miles around telluride has got to be one of the best yeah. ones in the country
2: this stuff all over colorado it's pretty, it's pretty is isolated phenomenal. out there
0: too so it's one of those ones where obviously you can take a road yeah. bike out to it but cool yeah.
2: the reason i brought this topic up um i was doing my workout yesterday on uh, mm. Zwift, and i i tend to watch like um do you guys have the gcn plus yes. app do you watch mm-hmm. stuff on gcn plus no i try so, to they have a series of like documentaries called Cycling Heartlands where, they, where they, they'll do like an hour-long little documentary on, on certain spots, these cycling hotbeds. They did one on Girona, so you get to see yeah. all these very cool oh, I need to watch that one. rides in Girona and who's there and what the city's like and whatnot. Uh, they did one in London. They did one in L.A. They did one in Melbourne, Australia, um, but the one I watched yesterday, it, it just came out. It was about Majorca. So Mayocra mm-hmm. is an island in the in, in off the coast of Spain. Yeah, and so the weather is always great. Oh my gosh, the 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 climbs there the the is not that many cars. The infrastructure
3: he, didn't Ian Gibson go there. Has like been a couple, summer, a couple summers ago. That's that's a hotbed yeah. right now for pro triathletes
0: lots, in Europe. Lots yeah. of pros that's, spend. That's become like the place there. for the pro
4: triathletes. There's, there's yeah. good swimming there. There's, yeah. there's, yes. all around. They have some track stuff too, so it's good.
2: And yeah. it's a, and it's not like going all the way to like the the Canary Islands. It's not that far right. away. It's mm-hmm. just a hop over from Barcelona or whatever it is. So yeah. it's it's easier to get to. But Mallorca just looked kind of. Amazing! So I dial mean, dial training
0: camp in Majorca. I kind of, was, I was drooling a little bit watching <laughs> it,
2: going, "Oh man!" I
0: want to hop oh, on a plane. I want to go. I don't think you can drive the van there, but you no. might. You might need a flight.
2: So that's kind of what prompted my
0: thing.
3: That's a good one, Lance. I like that. I Definitely like getting out of the mindset of the winter number forty-seven that we're having here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evan,
0: you're up, bud. All right, I'll give a more boring hot seat question. If you have a hard ride coming up, let's say it's going to be a workout day that's going to be north of three hours for you. What is your favorite morning meal around an hour or two before, drink included? Lance, you have to say which energy drink flavor you're going to choose to on the drive over to this ride. Um,
2: I'm an oatmeal guy. So, um, I always, and it's usually not an hour beforehand. It's usually like two hours beforehand for me. Gotcha. I I try to do two hours beforehand. Um, but I, I usually use oatmeal with uh brown sugar and like some kind of like, uh, nuts and dried fruit on top of it. So there's more, even more protein and whatnot in there. Um, I usually do two servings of it. So I eat quite a bit of it if I've got a big ride or race coming on. So I do that. I do wash it down with, uh, um with the zero calorie monster energy drink. <laughs> Why
0: zero calorie? You need more calories. <laughs> Is it the flavor or do you just like the flavor of the zero flavor calorie?
2: And I just I don't want my yeah. calories coming from straight sugar. That's just gonna burn off quickly. So that's, it, yeah. it, that's two hours beforehand. Yeah. A half hour, forty five minutes beforehand, I will actually eat a bar or
3: two or gels. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that you I'm, get some I'm, carbs I'm topping some off
2: my, you know, glycogen. There you go. So yeah. That's what I eat.
3: For me, it's uh, like Lance. I'm, I'm a oatmeal guy. I don't mm-hmm. put the sugars in there, though. I usually put just um, Costco has this nut butter. It's not peanut butter, but it's all the other nuts that oh, like they about, blend yeah. up, and that's really good. I use that mm-hmm. on a lot of stuff. So I'll put that in there. I'll throw in some blueberries, I'll, raspberries, blackberries, whatever I've got in there. Strawberries sometimes, nice. and uh, I'll have that. And I I really like a piece of you know um, sourdough bread with some. yes yeah, we do sourdough. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's a this butter that we use, it's like a vegan butter that's that's really good. Um, earth balance i think it is Mm so like that and then it just depends on what i'm doing that day and how long and hard the ride's gonna be sometimes you know a banana will get tossed into the mix like a little bit closer to the ride and then coffee and i'll drink plenty of water and then my rocket red too and that's why i'm always taking rocket red yeah going to the bathroom way too many times (laughs) before this (laughs) starts a ton of fluids right there yeah Yeah, (laughs) it's not uncommon for me like i'll you know, let's say I've got to leave here at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning for a ride. It's not uncommon for me to get up two hours before that, just to start the eating and the hydration and all that other stuff. But before I get to the ride, it's not uncommon for me to have had 50, 60, 70 ounces of fluid put into me and yeah, I'm peeing a lot, but it is, you know, you got to stay hydrated, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, a good chunk of that is coffee though. So (laughs) (laughs) how about you, Matt?
4: Uh, I also love like oatmeal, like overnight oats, um, And I I keep it pretty plain. And then uh, the other thing that I tend to find myself going for is, like, super plain stuff, bagel, toasted with butter. And I've been avoiding um, a lot of energy drink type stuff for a while now. So even, like, Rocket Red, that kind of stuff, I haven't been doing any of the the pre-workout meals probably for a couple years. Um, But uh, coffee is uh, sadly some it's something that I have a struggle, you know, struggle with. Like I quit it sometimes or I switch to decaf sometimes, but I find myself going back to coffee a lot.
2: Matt, you're kind of, um, uh, caffeine sensitive though, if, if that's the yeah. way to put it right. So uh,
4: I am very sensitive to caffeine. Yeah. yeah. And so actually I think that that plays, it plays out well when you use it. Like if, if you're doing, for example, Seattle to Portland style ride or whatever, a coffee at like hundred, 150 miles in is like the best buzz, ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point. I would agree with that. Yeah. This is why a lot of guys like race week sometimes will just not drink any form of caffeine until yep. race day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause
4: once Hits you come off that, that, like, day. yeah, yeah. You'll feel really good when you get one in you.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, cool. Nice.
2: All right. Is it my turn? No, it's Evan needs to answer the
0: question. Oh yeah. answer oh. your own damn question, Evan. Oh yeah. Um, Oh God! It, it's literally the same thing every single time. Chips, this, cheese, this, cheese, this was keto's and a Snickers This was you no. Know, <laughs> this was this was in Matt's video actually. It is exactly three scrambled eggs with chihula sauce, uh, Greek seasoning, and a bagel with vegan cream cheese and honey drizzled over the top, and then a pop tart. Ooh, pop tart. <laughs> <laughs> with a double people, Evan, with a double like espresso. Uh,
4: what I think people liked your video. I feel like it's been viewed maybe like 2000 times or something. That,
0: that has to only be because of your video. making. I like Cassie was joking to me. She's like, that was perfect. (laughs) That was exactly how boring your life is on a, on a weekly basis. Like people was like, what's the secret? It's like, be as boring as possible. Just be as absolutely boring as you can possibly be and have Matt make a great video.
2: (laughs) I love
3: it. Cool. All right. Here's a, here's a timely one for me. (laughs) you get sick, something's wrong with you, whatever you go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. What's one thing that you would like to see the doctor prescribe to you that might maybe just might help you out a little bit with your performance. Human growth hormone. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, um, prescribed some albuterol in an inhaler for, oh, for, for wow, my, yeah. my lung issues you that are, I've got going on rim. here. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, that'll last for a little bit of time yeah. after it start to get better to help me get back on track with getting my fitness back. But I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, you got anything else you could throw my way? I'm like, wink, wink. And he's like laughing. So
0: I've been really tired lately. Really, 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 really tired. <laughs> my muscles are shrinking. Yeah.
3: <laughs> my libido <my> t- has <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> been super low, very low. Well,
2: and I'm tired. You know, that's the big thing with the uh, aging male athletes. It's not just male athletes either, but that's the oh, big thing with, athletes, you know, yeah. with aging athletes is you're t- Testosterone levels drop naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, from the age of thirty-five on, your testosterone levels just naturally start to drop, and so a lot of masters athletes will get prescription testosterone yeah. to to help bring them back to normal levels. So, I mean, I've never done that, um, and I'm fifty-two almost. Yeah, and I, I've I've always felt like doing that is kind of Pushing the equality issue yeah. a bit.
3: It is it's definitely it going to, yeah. yeah.
2: But and I guarantee there's guys I'm racing against that are doing it.
0: I guarantee. Oh, oh I can more than guarantee yeah. yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I I could tell it's you heated. you 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 could probably name five right From, now. I'm probably sure. could. From
3: yeah. a health standpoint though, does that have any kind of a detrimental effect on you long term or is it actually beneficial to you? It's a good question. I mean
4: They it, don't know. I think they don't know at this point, for one. Matt's Matt's actually right on that. Yeah. They, well and it, it's interesting because it doesn't look good from like a, no, right. like let's say you want, let's say you want to live to a hundred years old or 110, mm-hmm. right? Like adding testosterone early on, you know, at 50 does not look good from most of the data, like, because they don't have a ton of people that have lived mm-hmm. that long. The people that have lived that long, they, they tend to be doing things like calorie restriction, yeah. they're not, they're, which is, you know, probably kind of it's on the opposite side of the scale of like taking testosterone and, and building muscle that way. Yeah. At the same time, I do think that there's benefits to, to adding muscle as long as you possibly can. It's just, yeah, it's, it's interesting that I don't think that there's a lot of evidence one way or the other of it being like super bad for you. It's going to kill you. It's going to give you cancer. I don't think there's really been any evidence of that either. I don't think that like a lot of the people will say like, well, if you have cancer, this is going to make cancer grow faster. And I, there's just not evidence of that. And there's not evidence that it's going to, you know, be good for you either. My recommendation is probably for people to, to not do it because it's cheating. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say whether it's going to be good for you or bad for you long term. i just I just yeah. don't think we know.
0: I think there there there's a theory currently out there which which I like because I think you can take it to a bunch of different body systems. Um, I actually think for i I wish that it would be allowed in certain doses because I think it can be highly beneficial um for just general health for short periods of time. The problem is like with almost anything you take externally and supplementally. Right. Um this is so it's a lot like, you know, it's it's let's just compare it to HGH. It's human growth hormone. Um that's something that our body uh, produces naturally. Same same thing with testosterone. Anytime you supplement something in certain doses that maybe exceed what your own personal threshold should be, your body will naturally deregulate the actual production of that. Right. Um dopamine is a good example so i have
2: an anecdotal story about this but
0: yeah go ahead. yeah but 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 this is and this is a theory remember like like matt said this is all really hard stuff to research whenever anybody's like oh well look at the research it's like no this is you got this for like 50 60 years in a longitudinal study of like a few thousand people and hope they all followed the guidelines and that's like really hard research to do so a lot of this stuff is anecdotal and theory based but If you use, let's say, supplemental testosterone for a little too long, the theory is, is your body deregulates its own production of it, and then you're almost having to pay the piper after that. But I think it should be allowed, and if we research it better and have an idea, I do think aging athletes should be allowed to to microdose, let's say, with with you know Uh, testosterone. I even disagree. 100% Hundred percent disagree. I, that's yeah, that's fine, Matt. Yeah, no, I I, I agree it, with you. Now, now, Matt, on that on that same note, would I take it? No, because I don't even take vitamins. So, like, no, you won't even I mean, <laughs> I'm like
4: Evan, ibuprofen. You're sore. He's like, hell no. No,
0: I have I have a very firm stance on. For me myself, I don't take anything supplementally. Right. I just that's an overarching thing for me. But I would prescribe. I mean, there's other people where I'm like, no, I think that would work wonderfully for you right now. Or patients ask me, hey, should I take ibuprofen for the next two weeks? I'm like, yeah, take it on a per- correct and right. So
4: yeah, as
1: as yeah. if. Vegan. I just
4: think it's, yeah. I think it's, I think it's cheating. I think that, you know, if you've taken it and, you know, two years ago that like, yep, that was an advantage. You shouldn't be able to race going forward. I'm very like line in the sand kind of on that stuff yeah. because you're taking something that someone else didn't have the opportunity to have, you know, and and yes, people naturally have differences and I get that argument, mm-hmm. but like that just part of the way that the sports rules are written and testosterone is very clearly like illegal according to all the agreements that we all sign up to when we decide to do a race it's it's off the list it's off the opportunities for us to take now if you're never going to race again and then you know then sure like maybe if you think it's going to be i mean you do you right i mean like i'm not here to tell you what to do but you know like i Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 it's tricky.
0: No, it's a a good hot button issue.
4: I could definitely see it like helping my Achilles recover or probably there are other HGH would be your better
0: option actually, Matt. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry sorry to get specific on their tendon
3: healing, but yeah. (laughs) So so, Matt, let me ask you this question. If you went back to your doctor and your doctor says, Hey, I want to put you on a regimen of HGH HGH. to help you through this process so that we can get you back to doing the thing that you know and you love. Right. Are you going to say, you know what? Um, Doc, I'm sorry I can't do that. I'm a competitive athlete and I'm gonna to wanna to come back and, you know, compete and all that other stuff and I don't want this to I, be an issue. Or you I to- think
4: what you do at that point is you have a long conversation with your self or your family or your friends and you say, you know, I think this can help me get back to Yeah going for long runs on Sunday. Yep. Not like but then I think it's one of the things where it's like, I'm I'm not gonna race again. Like you almost and, and this is like a tough call, right? Like everyone's gonna to have to make but, but I think that's the decision that you're making there. It's like, Hey, yeah, doc, I, you either tell the doctor, Hey, you know, I'm planning on racing, you know, six months from now, or a year from now, two years from now. Um, and this would, this would disqualify me from, you know, being able to do this race. Are there any alternatives that I can take to help me recover and things like that, but that are all legal through our, you know, sports governing body system or whatever, well, or you say, or you say, <clears throat> Federation, the Force of Sports, Sports Federation, but I think, or you say like, you know, and this, this could be me, right? Like this could be my exact situation where it's like, Hey, Matt, we think HGH is going to get you out there doing the thing that you love to do, which is go for the runs on those trails, going for long rides. You know, if it's like that or not being able to do those things, then I'd be like, yeah, screw racing. Like, give me whatever it needs, you know, I need to take to be able to get back to doing what I think is... You would have to think
3: it's the quality real. of life is more valuable than the capacity oh, yeah. to go compete.
4: I don't know. For sure.
3: But the problem is, is you're going to get that quality of life and you're going to get back to writing. Yep. I'm a, i feel really good. And I, I, sh- I, I want to race. race well, now. this I is, I want to go racing.
0: This is slippery slope. So. But also remember is, is it, it, it's that, it's that pain in the piper too. So it's yes. Yes. These things are supplemental and they can help in that process. But I do think it's a, it's a careful magic pill to use. It's, you know, there's, so, there's, can
3: you taper off of that stuff and you have your body you, start to you like need reproduce? To and yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. There's and there's well, and that's the question that's very hard to answer though because that is very person dependent. Yeah, so, I can yeah.
4: yeah, Right. For testosterone, they typically cycle it, right? And yes, that's one exactly. of the reason that they cycle it is to avoid exactly what Evan was talking about, right? So it's yep. like you cycle it, you come on it, and you come off it. You come on it, you come off it. In that way, your body still knows how to produce it. Correct. And if you if you look at these guys that are, you know, it's typically you know um, bodybuilder type people that that cycle like they do very heavy dosages. They have lots of issues. I think, you know, into their fifties or whatever it is when their body won't produce that stuff anymore. They're they're basically on it for life and well. without. And also
0: remember, a lot of these testosterone-related hormones and chemicals, part of this this process, are, are catabolic, so they so they break down a lot of tissue. Uh, cortisone is a good example. So cortisone, being a, a steroid, is if you've tracked enough doping and cycling, you know that they actually used cortisone to drop weight. So cortisone has a lot of effects on the system, but it, it does have a breakdown component to it. And that's even medically what we found when there used to be the heyday of just plug somebody with cortisone as soon as they feel pain, just drop that inflammation, destroy the stop the inflammation as if inflammation got this really bad name for being something terrible instead of a very natural process that the body needs to go through is we, we would plug every, you know, like somebody could get like 12 cortisone injections in like less than two months. And then we started to find, like, oh, crap, people are, like, rupturing their Achilles and, like, having major joint breakdown issues now. And we found, oh, no, we shouldn't do this this frequently. And now most of your orthopedic doctors, most, I'll say there are still some that slip through the cracks, will only give somebody, like, two cortisone injections in a year now. So it's... It's yes. I think as we found as we overuse a lot of these things or look at the doping from the 90s what they were using at that time, there's there's always going to be a cycle on cycle off process and if we're able to find that formula for somebody, yeah I think it can be very beneficial. But I think the the scary thing that we do sometimes in medicine or in coaching even is convincing people that some of these things are a pure silver bullet like it's it's the, this is going to be the be all end all for your problems and it's like uh, not not always it can it can help. But it's. I think we need to be careful when we give those promises, even in research.
3: Good stuff. Yeah. Don't be trying to jack my inhaler. Islands. I see you. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just
0: hey, gonna going to... into this writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see that thing. Again.
2: <laughs> you know, um, the story I was going to tell... Um, oh, yeah, vegan story. Let's yeah, go. Well, no, it's, this is a different <laughs> than the vegan story. I was, my vegan comment was that I, I take... Um, because I'm vegan, I take B12 um i take iron i take calcium i take yeah. several different supplements because i know i'm kind of missing it being vegan and i also take Uh, vitamin D
0: because I live in the northwest yeah Yeah, I think I think every human being in the Pacific Northwest is prescribed D3 it's like oh you live here take D3 uh
2: no this is this is about testosterone actually my I people may not know this my father is in his mid-80s he's like 85 and um I I learned this recently I'm probably gonna air some dirty laundry so if any of my family are listening
0: sorry (laughs) um Your father was doping. <laughs> my father. <laughs>
2: well, I just learned recently um, in the last couple of years, my father was on testosterone replacement for like 15 years. Oh wow! Yeah, on like high doses of testosterone replacement mm-hmm. that that um, he he had been um, he'd been taking just to help improve his life. You know, uh, you know, he didn't. He wasn't an athlete really at all. Yeah. You know, he was, you know, doing all this stuff for personal things, um, but he. The guy who was helping him um, dose with the testosterone suddenly died. His, his, Mm -hmm. um, oh, wow. Yeah. He had a, he had a a doctor who was helping him, and the doctor just suddenly died. And so his source just like disappeared. My dad's cognitive
1: development
2: and awareness when that happened tanked. So he
3: just kind of stopped taking it. He he
2: stopped taking it and tried to find on his own a way to replace what he was missing. So, not thinking very clearly, he got all this crap that you would just buy off the back page of a magazine, right? That is zero testing, zero testing for it. And you have no idea what you're taking with that crap. And so, none of it worked. And his cognitive level just kind of tanked. And so, and he's still. Struggling with that stuff. So yeah. this is a this. I think he's had a lot of issues in the last five years, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he was he was on yeah. testosterone therapy for a number of years, and then it just
3: stopped. Yeah. And so like your standard practitioner is going to say, "Sorry, sir, can't help you with that." Yes. No. It well, wasn't these are. A yeah. I mean, these are.
0: This stuff well, is like mess. And and this is where I really feel bad for your dad's generation. And I know when me and Katy talk about our parents, you know, it's. Uh, a lot of what we know with hormonal replacement is from what went wrong. Yes. Yeah, I mean, really. And this is, I mean like that Corazon story I was just telling that's because we had like 10, 15 years of research right. of these things we thought were like, Oh, this is awesome. This is, yeah. this decreases inflammation or with your father. If I'm a doctor, I'm like, Hey, this last year he told me he's doing great. He was more doing and more. great. Let's yeah. keep on doing it more and more and not realizing what these silver bullets are. These, you know, and I'll call them easy fixes. Yeah what they do long-term. And this is never the patient's fault. This is, is it the medical provider's fault? To me, yeah, it kind of is because we need to we need to be more careful when we look at this stuff and realize that if this is something that we haven't really, we don't have good long-term research on, we need to be careful.
2: Well, you just don't know what you don't know, right? Know. Well, so and also, if, I mean, let's... If the research isn't there or the research that you're going off of yeah, is... And also the dirty outdated. game of
3: if it's yes. reimbursed as well. Right. So it's, going back to your dad though, I mean, He's 85. He's 85. And his quality of life has slipped because he came off of this stuff and he's been struggling. We
2: think it's partially due to this. Okay. His, his cognitive ability has just
3: so tanked. Would and it I, not be appropriate then to have a medical practitioner say, I see it, I get it, I understand where you're at in your age, let's get you back on something so we can at least have you see if that's going to get your quality of life back? You would think, but... Um,
2: his cognitive ability has deteriorated to the fact that he won't agree to see doctors about this type of thing. Oh, no. you don't well, have
0: to trust his ability to dose himself, too, yes. which would be difficult.
2: Yeah. He, he won't agree to go to these people or to yeah. see if they can figure that or won't trust certain doctors. That's rough. Yeah. So it's just, it's this, it's this hole that we can't chase your tail this yeah Yeah. he just if it that's tough it's not like and we don't have like guardianship uh, you know over him because he he has moments of clarity good enough that he can't
3: go over and feed him some scooby snacks and say (laughs) here dad just you something (laughs) just put it in cheese exactly
2: (laughs) so it's been it's been complicated
0: i'm sorry man yeah it's tough yeah but yeah, that, I I think that's well, sad because I know a lot of stories like that in that generation. Where well, and I just share yeah. that
2: because I mean, it, it, we think that it has to do with testosterone replacement therapy and mm-hmm. just it. Kind of running amuck, and then him trying to do it himself because he lost his the, guy. And the then- The
0: endocrine system is not something to mess with lightly. I think I think that we're we're realizing if there was one revelation from this medical era, it's that the the human hormonal system, the endocrine system, is incredibly complex and amazing. Yeah. It, it, it's absolutely incredible. It's what drives everything. But we, like, like all things with human, we try to play God on everything and right. think like, oh, science, we could figure this out and know the answers. And we don't know the answers until sometimes we, we think we know an answer 20 years after we right. should have known the answer. Right. So, yeah, this is – it's sad stuff to watch
2: happen. Let me clarify all his issues could just be from, you know, early onset dementia, dementia or yeah. Alzheimer's. It could be mm-hmm. completely unrelated, which we
0: also don't fully understand. So no, yeah, no. that's talking about something else. We don't, we don't like, get it at like all.
2: coincided with there's this correlations Yeah. Here. There's a lot of correlations. So we kind of assume that it might have something to do with it. So
3: yeah, yeah hopefully that gets sorted out. Yeah. Cool. All right. No, don't dope, folks. <laughs> no, no, I think that concludes the hot seat. Unless anybody else has some burning question they have in their back pocket. no, how do you get a doctor to write you up? <laughs> <laughs> Just scream for a whole day and then go you in go. and you have no voice and start coughing up <laughs> the stuff. And you know. there you go. No, trust me, you don't want to go through this. At this point, it's been no. rough. I I wrote for five hundred and one days and was fine. I have I have not missed a day of work in over a decade from being sick. The only time I've missed work in the last decade is when I got hit by a car and when I broke my hip. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. I've, it's been a rough couple. Uh, it's yeah, been I mean, a rough 10 I've days or something been like sick that. sick and all that stuff, but you know, you just kind of pull yourself up by I yeah. just couldn't get out of the house. Just beat up. So, anyway, eh, crappy times. Yeah. One last thing. Let's do the one last thing. Lance, you want to start us off? Yeah. You were uh, looking into the sky like you yeah. think <laughs> well, of something, yeah, to, something to, think to pick on yeah. you to think
2: about. <laughs> uh just just uh planning to go do the Gorge Gravel Grinder this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. Last year at this race, I ended up fourth in my division behind uh, one of my teammates, John Hatfield, and yep. a couple yeah. other monster hitters from uh, POA. Yep. So um, I have no illusions that I will even make the top 15 this year. No grandiose. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going out there with teammates and just going to kind of have fun with it instead. That should be fun. So that's the, nice. that's the plan for me. Nice. Hopefully you have some
3: good weather. Hopefully it's not sucky because
2: yes. if it's sucky, I'm just gonna ride back to my family.
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey Matt Legrand, what do you got? What's your one last thing?
4: Um, I always have a video to chat about. I was thinking about bike computers because I did. I just recently posted a bike computer video talking about the Hammerhead Carew Two.
3: That was a good which, one, by the way.
4: Thank you. Um, yeah, I think that was a pretty fun video to make. And then there's more bike computer stuff coming up in the future. Lots more, actually. There's a lot. A whole bunch of Cool things coming up soon, which I'm really excited about. And then uh, I think that the next video that I should be working on now is um, this uh, the shirt Evan that um, yeah. we wore. Uh, it's basically this really interesting shirt that monitors like your breathing and can tell you um, mm-hmm. exactly your V1, V2. You know, um, zo- like think of that as like your zones. Your think you know your five zones. You can give a very precise. Wattage or heart rate or even running pace to your specific zones by wearing the shirt and doing some testing. So I'm excited about this video. I've just got to do the work to actually make it and publish it. So
3: cool. Hey, going back to your uh, your video that you just did on the, uh, the Hemorrhage. so you've been testing that thing for sometimes like five or six months oh, now, and you've tons. been you've yeah. been using that thing a lot. It seems like every time I see you out on a ride or whatnot, you've had that on there testing it. My question to you is: Now that you have the video up, you're probably going to go back to just like using whatever computer like you know makes you the most happy that you like the best. Yep. What if you're going to go for a ride tomorrow? I know that you can't, but if you're going for a ride tomorrow, what bike computer is going to be on your bike?
4: Uh, A bike computer that's not out yet. Oh. So so I can get as many still testing. (laughs) Well, it's like so. This is how it goes. Like, I feel like I never get to just like ride with whatever bike computer I want to ride with. It's because I always have something looming in the back of my head got to have this computer tested by April, you know, whatever, or got to have this one by May 5th or got to have that one by June 1st or whatever. There's a whole bunch of computers that potentially are coming out soon. I'm excited about them. Um, but if I couldn't take out stuff that's unannounced, I would probably, I would probably stick with the hammerhead crew. Really? Yeah, I do. I like it. Okay. um, because it's that, that's one of the mostly I, I do whenever I write, I'm thinking like, okay, well, I need to test this or that or whatever. And so I never really am just writing for funsies. But that, that computer's changing every two weeks. So I feel like yeah. if they announce some slight change to their climber feature that I need to test it or their Climb Pro feature, you know, things of it that way.
3: Yeah. That climber uh, feature is uh, you know, fantastic. I've,
4: and I've given away a whole bunch of computers as well. So, like, I would say something like, um, the bolt v2 but i gave that one away to some lucky commenter i only have the bolt version 1 which i still think is a perfectly fine device right and so the truth is if i wasn't like testing something or whatever i would just be going with something super simple and it doesn't have to be the latest greatest thing if it's the bolt version 1 i'd be perfectly fine with that um that's probably the last computer that i kind of purchased without the intent of doing any sort of review of it just was like yeah. this is a this is an affordable bike computer. I don't need anything fancy. Let's just use this. Uh, and then I, you know, of course start testing other things and gotcha. seeing what things I like. I do like the Garmin computers because they're great for mountain biking. So that's cool. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. We, um, at the lab, you know, so hammerhead was recently acquired. What was it, like five months ago by SRAM. Yeah. yep. And we are, we work with SRAM all the time. We've we've been like a big supporter of theirs and um we've got a really good relationship with them and when they were acquired um i was talking with them and they they kind of know what we got going on and how we go about our process of doing things and excuse me hold on one second smoker,
4: smoker yeah smoking <laughs>
3: um they actually chose us to be one of the distributors for the hammerhead which they only are having like a very few limited group of people that can do that or they're being huh. very select about them. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. kinda cool. So we actually have um, quite a few of them on the way. They're in route right now and they sent nice. me a, a demo unit to play with and try out. So after watching Matt's video and after talking to him and talking to other people, I've always been intrigued by that and I want to Oh get I think you like it. So, shot, yeah. so we'll have a bunch of those down at the lab here pretty soon nice. and really kind of interested to see how it works. So
2: And Matt's video about it was actually very <laughs> interesting because he says all the things he likes about it, but there were I think there were four things that were really kind of big hang ups for you
3: it's not perfect I think is yeah. what it was or
4: and um... yeah it, yeah and <sighs> and so th- they're not huge things right like it is responsive it's very it feels very much like a mobile device like a mobile phone device I think that you guys would like it there's just a couple little things like I don't love the mount I don't you know they they have this little rubber stopper on the USB thing that yeah. you just are gonna lose immediately and the battery life isn't as good as what we've kind of grown to expect You really kind of need to charge it every single time you ride. And so it's just like a couple of things that I would say, you know, if you're, if you were to drop $400 on this device, like you want to know going into it, like are these going to be things that are going to upset me, you know, after having purchased it. Uh, And I, and and that's the kind of stuff I wanted to kind of post to the review just so people are aware of like, you know, the, the few issues that it does have. It is a cool device. They are doing very cool things. I kind of think that they may be, one of the one of those companies that maybe garmin should be most scared of in a lot of ways although who knows garmin's over to for new bike computers as well and so who knows what they're going to do right so it'll be really interesting to see how that goes
3: i just love the fact that they're pushing innovation and they're pushing the limits in terms of like what it is that we can expect as like a an end device you know like the things that we can get out of that it's fantastic i mean just that climber feature alone
4: yep exactly not having to
3: load a route in yeah everybody take note do that i mean we've been talking about that for the longest time do that 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 is freaking awesome so
4: and i think garmin can do it i think wahoo is going to struggle a little bit but i i would be surprised if garmin doesn't do that they just have so much data to work with yeah and Yeah, I I hope that Wahoo Wahoo is like one of the few companies that doesn't have any sort of real Climb Pro type feature. So Uh, they've got to be they've got to be feeling a lot of pressure. Yeah,
3: I'm sure they see the writing on the wall. So we'll see. I mean, they did have a a, like a little minor update. Like you can now see like some of the better information on the gradients for the the rides that you're doing. The gradients are color coded. yeah. Yeah,
2: that's new, which is actually quite helpful. Yeah, but it's not the same. No. It's
4: they'll, they have to with the new Rome. I bet you they announced something they have to do. And I, I don't know of a new Rome coming out, but they're, they've got to be thinking like a Rome too, just like they did the bolt too. And I, I have to guess that they've got to be thinking some sort of climber feature. Yeah. We'll see. Gotcha.
3: Cool. All right. Thanks, bud.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Evan price. Well, I saying uh, this Sunday, we are starting off the, I'll call the, the multi sport kicker for the uh, Y triathlon uh series um here in the Pacific Northwest, the company that puts on all of our good uh triathlon races out here. It's a duathlon. It's the Spring Classic, uh, which will be at Vancouver Lake, I believe. Is that where transition set up? Please. You know, so. Jake would know. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Vancouver yeah. Lake, yeah.
3: I should find this out because I have to be out there. I'm pretty sure it's Vancouver the, Lake the that's, cycling the, support, so. that's where <laughs> it
0: was last year. Yeah. So so it'll be uh uh it it'll be fun. It's always good fun to get out there for the first one of the year and just, you know, get to see everybody. So I will be out there, hopefully helping with some of the, uh, numbering before the race. And then I think the duathlon goes off at 11. So
3: you're not going to do it though. Correct.
0: I'm going to do the duathlon. Oh, yeah. you are. I'll just jump in. Yeah.
3: No, that's yeah. Fantastic. I didn't right. think and you were going to do it for some reason, but yeah, that's
0: now I'll, I'll always, I think that this year I always decide that any, any Y race I'm basically going to do, um, and just, just use them as just training, just, just in a training day, basically. Yeah.
3: So it, it's good for them too. your presence. You're not going to want to say, well, this, but I'm, your presence is a good thing to be out there and competing and people can say, I just, Oh,
0: I get to race against a pro triathlete. That's, you know, yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully if I'm tired enough, a couple of guys can be like, yeah, I actually was really close to him the entire time. He looked terrible. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, what, why is so awesome that even a lot of the people I coach, I've been trying to convince everybody that's like, Hey, I know you got your Ironman race coming up or you got this or that but like you, you, we need to do the local racing. It's going to be a part of your training. We don't yep. have a taper for them all the time. But there's some I mean the PDX race coming up uh which is the week uh, two weekends before I get married. Me, me and Josh have joked we're we're trying to recruit guys to come down for that race. Like That's I am making fantastic. like that PDX race I'm making an A race. Like I am going out there as fit as I can possibly be for an Olympic distance and going to go and just I love that race. So I I hope that Anybody locally who like, I know that Iron Man does seem to be kind of like the focal point of everybody's seasons, but like just make sure you're doing local racing too. Local racing's more important than this Iron Man crap. Iron, Iron, <laughs> Iron Man's freaking garbage.
4: There. I 100% agree with that. They're good. I don't know if I would describe it exactly like that but no. definitely like they're
0: garbage that puts on great race. races because i love oceanside yeah. that was a wonderful race and santa cruz is one of my favorites but i'm saying garbage isn't like the ownership and how they no, operate yeah. it's just you'll want to see it's, local racing be successful i could care less if iron Man's successful
4: well and it's kind of like for every Ironman race you do you should probably be doing at least three local races yeah because i agree that's a good is. ratio
1: it's,
4: it's a benefit to you for sure because you are getting all this experience like Granted, you know, like the price is a third the price and you get all of the like, you know, experience of doing, you know, practicing transition, all the stuff you can't really do unless you're in a race situation. All of us need, we all need work on that stuff. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yep. So go out local race, local race, everybody.
2: Yes. The spring classic duathlon is at Vancouver Lake Regional Park. Thank you. Yes. There we go. Wow.
4: (laughs) This is the first time they've had it there. It's always been at Home Depot and along Marine Drive. Uh, this or, is actually the second like
0: time Matt, because I think they did second that care. in twenty twenty one too because yeah, because um, yeah, Marine Park still wasn't allowing stuff for COVID reasons. But
4: yeah, yeah, that um, does not surprise me. Yeah, I think have, all the races are probably yeah. going to be.
0: Yeah,
2: there's homeless issues along
0: uh, Marine uh, Drive. That's right actually going to be the primary reason I think with right right now along Marine Drive that's going to be tough because a lot yeah. of that race now goes through camps. So yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if everything's going to be at Vancouver Lake again. This Vancouver year.
0: Lake just holding up the triathlon world in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, my one last thing is the Gorge Gravel Grinder this weekend. I was, or am signed up to do this race. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> now. If I won't be there, but the my registration hours. will be, so I will get the credit for my registration. So. Oh,
0: fantastic. Yeah.
3: <laughs> my registration is going to race, too. It's going to have my number out there. Oh, racing. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm anticipating racing?
2: him to do quite well as yes, well. So good you, luck keeping you up with
3: Mr. JoJo Jr. Shabadoo. <laughs> oh, God. He wasn't able to get into the race, so I'm going to give him my uh, race entry, so I get all of the credit for whatever his result Love is. Right? Jake's about <laughs> to have a great race this weekend. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm so bummed <laughs> to miss that. I was excited and training was coming around, it was feeling good. The rower was working and my fitness was feeling good and gosh dang
0: it. <laughs> There's at least a gravel season coming up. So at least we got we you got more options coming up in uh, this summer, hopefully. Yeah,
3: we'll see. I'm just gonna have to go back to the drawing board. But I you know, like everybody says, it'll come back around and I'll I'll do the work. And hopefully it again coincides with some nicer weather coming out and we'll get back to doing all the normal weekly stuff and yeah. snap it back and just give it a second.
4: We need the- a lunch ride once this like rain and hail and wind cleared
3: so we've been doing those wednesdays on wednesdays out of the lab at 12 30 yep So right. yeah once you can get back to riding matt you should come join us it's uh, i'll bring
4: my scooter i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: Those was been fun they're just like a nice flat zone two ride that everybody kind of stays together and has fun so all right boys anything else i don't think so all right this was fun it's nostalgic it was kind of kind of nice to have the gang back together too yeah.
0: nice it is it's very (laughs) nice back in the old house
3: well we do appreciate it yeah we do appreciate everybody listening we'll be back next week with another one until then bye for now